Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Quizlet. Uh, this is the show in between our big monthly Quizotron shows in which usually Keith Lil Jensen and I uh, interview our upcoming guests, but we realized that we, we wanted to do a little bit more with these episodes. So uh, today we're going to try out a brand new format. Uh, first of all, hey, Keith. Hey, how are you? I'm super. How are you? Good, good. And I'm glad that this is because we're trying out a brand new format. Yeah, yeah. Not are you because we screwed up in scheduling a guest? Yeah, well, you know, it's hard <laughs> to schedule <laughs> guests. You can uh, totally you know... edit that out if you need to, Rebecca. <laughs> no, this is a warts and all podcast. Okay. People need to know how difficult it is to nail down comedians and scientists ah. on a regular schedule. Yeah, just the worst. But also, you know, we have talked about how we wanted to do a little bit more with these episodes. So I think we've come up with a good idea, but I'm a little nervous that uh, you might be completely unprepared for this. I am 100% unprepared for this. I'm really a on-the-job learning kind of guy. Right. And sometimes you just need to jump in, start flailing your arms wildly, and hope you don't drown. And that's I mean, I was about to say that is that is how most people drown, I think. <laughs> yeah. But By just jumping in. I'm, I'm still alive. Well, let's you know, see what happens were, after this show. Just to, you know, stretch the analogy to the point of breaking, uh, one uh, my my most common memory of my father is him in soaking wet clothes, taking his wallet out of his pocket, taking his cigarettes out of his pocket, all drenched because he jumped in a pool because I forgot that I couldn't swim. I did this time and time wow. and time again. So my father is very glad to have passed his problem child on to you. So you couldn't swim, but you kept jumping in and at no point did you learn to swim either accidentally or well, no, purposefully. I, yeah, I did eventually learn to swim. I learned to swim when I was like 11 or 12. But before okay. then, yeah, I just I kept somehow ending up in the deep end. Right. And so that and my dad that would jump concept, in to get me. That concept of just throwing a kid in and they'll naturally learn to swim. That's that's false in your case. You never I, learned by, you know, threat of death. Yeah, I'd be interested in uh, if there were any kind of statistical studies on that method of teaching people to swim. Because <laughs> that's I a method people. so much as child abuse. And people do, in fact, drown. Yeah. Oh, all, all every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not me. Uh, many cigarettes were ruined, but my dad kept me alive. And maybe well, in turn, I kept him alive a little longer. Maybe it was that many less cigarettes he smoked. Oh, yeah. That's a nice way to think about it. Yeah. Sure. I, you know, I'll grasp at what I can. I, <laughs> so, and I also need to know this. Can you hear the cat? Yes, I did. I did hear that cat <laughs> crying. Yeah. He's on the other side of the door, just trying to let you all know that I'm abusing him, that I don't oh, feed him. Oh, did you him. throw him I, into a pool? I lock him out of the room. I Yeah. He's, he's, gone, in he's gone into the bathtub a couple times, but we had nothing to do with it. That was his own right. fault. Gotcha. Blame the blame the victim. Okay. Yeah. We I didn't have a kitten uh, the last time you and I spoke. This is a new thing in my life. Is this a new thing? Yeah. And and there, here's the science angle on it. What do you think of this guy that uh, he was considered, or at least this theory was considered crackpot, and it's it's now 
gaining more and more respect. He thinks that exposure to something in cat feces is uh, affecting the human brain. It makes us more um, or less risk averse. Well, I'm I'm going to disagree with you in terms of it gaining more and more uh, traction because in actuality, it's kind of the opposite. It, he came out with, with this theory that uh, was broadly accepted, at least by the mainstream public, which is, yeah, the, the idea that there's a bacteria in cat poop. A uh, parasite, even. A parasite. Thank you. Yeah, what, it's the name escapes me. Um, Taxoplasma gondi? Gondi? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T. Gandhi. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the idea is that that infects the human brain, makes them less risk adverse and you know and so you and you can see these results in in people who own cats. So yeah, it was you know wildly popular theory uh at first, but the more research that comes out on it, the more it whittles away the actual real life effects of this parasite. Um to the point where we can't really necessarily tell that anything is different between people who have in this. See, I don't know. I, I feel like there is a huge bias on part of the scientific community uh, in favor of cats, because if ever there's been a community that is one cat loving community, I mean, look at these studies we have that dogs are dumb. Yeah, know? no, I'm, that your dog right, wasn't just on our last Quizitron. There was a study was. that dogs aren't special. I'm telling you, there is a pro dog anti cat <laughs> bias in science, and I've had enough. Yeah. Of it. Well, I will say this. You know, I've long considered myself a cat person. I do currently have a dog. They got I'm an to. everything person. Yeah, they. <laughs> You know what? I hate cats now. No, I still love and adore cats. I think they're well, I actually, amazing, yeah. amazing. No, that means they didn't get to you. I'm doing it backwards. Yeah. Well, they would have if if I had given up cats. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. You did get it backwards. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm fairly even on this. You know, I like both cats and dogs. Um, but here's the thing. Um you can't even it's not just exposure to cat poop that uh that gets you infected with this parasite and in fact it's much more likely that you would get it from gardening because in order to be exposed to it through cat feces your cat would have to be an outside cat who has come into contact with this parasite and then you would have to directly okay. touch its feces in order to get it. It's much more common for people to get this through gardening. And that's one reason why uh, you can't really say that cat owners are going to be different in certain ways. Uh, you know, because these days, responsible cat owners keep their cats inside, which I hope that you are doing for the cat's own safety, as well as the safety of Absolutely. all of the wildlife around your house. Um so yeah, and if yes. you picked up a kitten, then there's a there's very small chance that that kitten was already infected with this parasite and that you would even be able to come into contact with it. Okay. So what I'm taking from this is have a cat, keep them indoors, don't garden. I think that's yeah. the scientific consensus. Gardening will turn you into a crazy person. Yeah, gardening is stupid. Yeah. Every year I say I'm going to garden, and I never do. And I think I'm right in not doing it, because if you look at how cheap vegetables are, it, it's really too much work. 
I agree. Uh, also, because I'm I'm terrible at keeping anything alive that doesn't actively cry out when it's hungry right. or hurt. Like <laughs> so. the guy screaming on the other side of the door right now that I'm not feeding him, exactly. even though he has a bowl full of food. Exactly. He's being tortured. Uh, one other thing about that parasite. Oh, good, good. It, is that um, – okay, good. Uh, is just that, you know, it has very strong effects in mice and uh, that's what was sort of thought to impact risk aversion in humans because the idea is that the parasite uh, needs to be in a cat's uh, digestional system in order to complete its life cycle. And in order to do that, it infects mice and then it makes mice more uh, attracted to the smell of cat urine and decreases their – their risk assessment Holy so it shit. makes them less afraid uh so in in hopes that that <clears throat> mouse will be eaten by a cat and that's where the idea comes from that oh maybe it affects humans in a similar way but the problem with that is that the effects that it has on mice have been slightly uh overstated and you know just because it affects mice in a certain way doesn't mean it affects humans in a certain way uh, so it affects humans in a different way than it affects mice. And even in mice, it's not as cut and dry as what even I just explained. So there's, there's scientists are still looking into exactly how it affects mice and exactly how it affects humans. And, and, and to what extent. we'll close this segment of the show out by saying, yes, keep your cats inside. They yes. kill everything. Yes. Okay. They're unnatural predators out of place and they kill everything way more than they leave on your pillow and they also they get killed cars and uh psychopaths in training and uh dogs so yeah coyotes when i was a kid the the sort of conventional wisdom was that it was cruel to keep a cat indoors and that they were unhappy ditto uh because i grew up in the woods uh so you know we had outdoor cats growing up raised by wolves yeah yeah i mean doesn't that explain a lot (laughs) about me Uh, but yeah, and then when, once I moved out, I realized, oh, wait, we, we also kept a rat, we, we have rabbits outside in hutches, which is also horrific for them. They can literally oh, die of fright. Yeah. Oh, wow. They can die just from smelling a predator in their general area. Um, so yeah, keep your bunnies inside. Bunnies can be litter trained, uh, very easily. Oh, yeah. They're very affectionate uh, indoor animals. Yeah, I had a pet bunny used to come sleep on my feet when I was riding. It was Aww. very charming. What's your kitten's name, by the way? Uh, my daughter named the kitten Marmalade. Is it a yellow cat, an orange cat? It's uh, sort of a orange with these light orange swirly patterns, which we always called a marble cake cat. But Aww. I found out when using that expression that it's because there's a book, The Marble Cake Cat, but it's not as well known as I thought it was. And everyone's like, what? A marble cake? What? Wait, it's a real cat or not a real cat? It's a real cat. And it has this swirly orange pattern. And it's better than other cats. Oh, OK. We always called those marmalade. But so it's an ah. appropriate name. OK. My- and my daughter's she's good with the naming. Yeah. Nice. She's wanted a cat. She's cried for a cat for like two years, and now she has one. And the cat is the worst thing that's ever happened to her. <laughs> is she yeah. doing the, the the poop scooping and stuff? Yeah, and then it bites her, and it scratches, and it doesn't want to cuddle when she wants to cuddle. Can I there, offer a tip on the bites and scratches? Because I'm I'm a cat whisperer. How about it? We, Never I would appreciate and, it. 
And teach this to her as well. Never use your hands as toys. Oh, yeah. But she doesn't listen. Oh, well, that's your parenting problem then. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because if you were parenting, your kid would just do everything you said. My kid would be perfect. Are you kidding? Right. I've been trying to get way you better to give than your kid. Misery lessons to Max forever. I, yeah, I know my, you would be a delightful influence on any child. Yeah, I, send her to me. I'll teach her <laughs> everything will. she needs to know about cat handling and man hating. Yes, Re- Rebecca Watson's summer camp of cat uh, cat handling yeah. and man hating. I think this could be a good it's got sell. a nice ring to it. That's it a does. new podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of podcasts, let's talk about oh, our new format, which is okay. not just bullshitting for half an hour. Right. Uh, it's bullshitting about something in particular. Uh, so the the idea is that each of us will bring a Quizotron style question to the show for the other person to answer uh, based on some science or skeptic or other similar news item uh, that we will then chat about a little bit. So this is the reason why I'm concerned, because we did go over this, but I'm concerned that you have not shown up today with a question for me. Shall we find out? Yes, let's. So I even practiced. I, I really wanted to have that game show type oh. of phrasing to it. So okay. how, to, what do you think of this? Okay. All right. All right. So it may be a blue Christmas this year. <laughs> I already love this. But there is a place where there is quite frequently a blue sunset. Ooh. Where is that place? That 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 was good. Thank you. See, you um, thought I wasn't prepared, but I totally spent five minutes throwing that together this morning. <laughs> you could, you know what? I feel comfortable that if I ever have to skip a month of Quizitron, I feel comfortable that you could take over the MCDs. You MC shouldn't duties. be comfortable. You should be terrified that they would never want you back. <laughs> That's tr- oh oh, I see. You're I'm a threat. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, where is there a blue sunset? That's interesting because that it it could be someplace on Earth where the atmosphere changes the look of the sunset, or it could be another planet, um, or it could be like could be like things. Atlantis. Is it knowing Atlantis? me? It could be a cartoon that I watched. You, who right. Knows? <laughs> is it the mythical city of Atlantis and the sunset it, is it blue is because not. everyone's underwater? Okay. Give me, give me one more guess. All right, uh, I'm going to say Uranus. <laughs> Cause, Just because that's always like would, a fun answer. Yeah, and I feel like you would want to say that's Uranus. True. That's true. Or Uranus, as Phil Plate once haughtily pointed out to me, and I'm like, that's not better. That's, what a jerk! How dare he? It's still that funny. It's Uranus still, it's is urine. still funny. Yeah, now urine you're in, or anus. Now there's you, urine. Yeah. You know I'm a big Futurama uh, fan. In in the future they rename it because they're tired of those jokes. Oh, that's but don't they rename it to something else funny? Your your rectum. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh am I am I right? Is it Uranus? No, no, you're you're a couple planets off. All right, I give up. It's Mars. Wait, is it Neptune? Oh, it's Mars. Mars has a blue sunset? Uh so there is a picture that's going viral right now of the sun setting on Mars and people are very excited that the new Mars uh, Insight has sent them this yeah. picture, and it's not accurate. Insight did not send the picture. It's an, oh. it's an older picture taken by my friend Curiosity. Um, oh, nobody respects Curiosity anymore now that there's a, a new bot in you town. You know, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm like a Mars nerd, and I'm super excited about Insight. Curiosity's yeah. the shit. 
and it's the OG. It moves around. That alone, insight, as far as I can see, stays still. It's going to oh, bore it? into I, the ground, but it can't go rolling. I'm actually, around. I'm woefully uh, under knowledgeable. <laughs> You're good with words Ignorant. today. Ignorant is the word I was looking for. Ignorant on on the new mission. Uh, so I haven't dug into that yet. So does it? It, it so, digs into the ground? Yeah, it's going to take the planet's temperature. It's going to do some cool stuff. It's pretty neat. But you don't look at it and want to pet it. And I don't know about you, but when I look right. at Curiosity, I want to give it a little scritch behind the ears. It's I very want to give lovable. it a little snuggle. Yeah. And it sings itself happy birthday. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, uh, that's so Mars is the red planet, the red but planet, it has a and and blue it often has uh, a blue sunset for just the reasons you would think because of um, the here. I'll just I'll just read it to you. The color comes from the fact that a very fine dust is just the right size so that the blue light penetrates the atmosphere slightly more efficiently. Very similar to the reason why we have the various colors of sunset that we get, which, by the way, pollution makes for the best sunsets. So remember that oh, the next I, time you think you're lucky to live somewhere with clean air. I don't, yeah, I mean, and, and we wouldn't know anything about that living in uh, the Bay Area in Sacramento, right. which uh, we've had some amazing sunsets the last few weeks, but it is at the cost of thousands of lives. For anyone listening so. at that has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, while we were not immediately threatened by the fire, we both we live in the two towns that, along with I think Yuba, were hardest hit by the smoke, and it was horrible. We built our own little yeah. DIY air filter and hunkered down oh, inside that. for a week. I had to for work go go into a neighboring town called Roseville. And driving out of Sacramento and back into it really hit me just how horrible it was. I was like, oh, I, wait, I yeah. forgot that the sky used to be that color of blue. It's incredible. And then you come back in and it was, oh, it was really, really bad. We were wearing masks and it was, uh, it was yeah. post-apocalyptic. And then it rained and it all went away. I, you should get, a, get an air purifier because it's going to keep happening. I have two from last year and they were running nonstop all like for a week and no, a half. No. And See, I'm glad you said that because this is a science podcast and there is some new science. Uh, apparently, if you rake the forest, oh, right. you won't have yeah. this problem anymore. We just have to rake the forest. I yeah. forgot about that. You're it's right. about time we elected someone who has scientific good sense. You know what I mean? Especially about forest raking and other important topics. Right, right. And some smart European said it to him, so you know it's true. The smart European claims he didn't, but... In addition to being smart, they're sneaky. They just don't want us mm. to know their forest raking secrets. Indeed. You know those sleazy Europeans always lying about rakes. Ugh. I've since looked up the blue sunset. It's really cool. It's pretty neat. It's very pretty. I, I missed it the first time around, and I've been missing it this time around, so I'm glad you brought it to my attention. So I, I, lo- I mean, th- this is how far the nerddom goes. Me and Max will take turns with the virtual reality headset. We have the cheap, you know, Google Cardboard one. Mm. But we put it on, and then we, in our kitchen, stand on the surface of Mars. And you can spin in a full <laughs> circle and look at Mars from every angle, look up at the Mars sky, and it's the greatest thing in the world. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Humans are kind of amazing sometimes. Yeah. Well, we're not being horrible. I, I guess the part that's throwing me is the horrible and the awesome overlapping as much as they have. Yeah. I thought we'd yeah, get done gonna... being awful and then we'd be awesome. But nope. Nope. <laughs> it's, 
come they're coming at us you know left and right good bad everything and and the the fear the horrible thing is that we'll take the awesome and use it to do awful always yeah that's unfortunately true i was um so this is not what my question is about uh and we're not going to go into depth on this but (laughs) one of my next videos i think is going to be on this because today i was reading up about it um the chinese researcher who made crispr babies uh editing you know so crispr is a form of gene editing that can be extremely powerful and can have huge uh positive results for people suffering from diseases and might end up being able to completely mitigate diseases altogether in the future uh but this jackass (laughs) has uh, bypassed all ethical concerns and uh, edited the genes of twins who were just born um, to try to make them less susceptible to AIDS, HIV and AIDS, and uh, did so by telling the parents that he was working on a uh, an AIDS vaccine uh, and then editing their genes. And it's going to have far-reaching consequences that could have a big negative impact on the field of science and its applications to humans as a whole. Because like you can come up with the greatest possible thing, but some idiot is going to use it to get famous right? and possibly screw it up for everybody. So, Ugh. so that's fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. But that's not my, <laughs> my question for you. That was a good one, by the way, <laughs> I'm proud of you for showing up prepared and having a very good question. Glad you liked uh, it. And I'm also Here's glad my- you got it wrong. If you got it real easy, I'd be bummed. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm glad too. I'm glad for you. I got it wrong. <laughs> I, I got it wrong on purpose. I knew what it was. None of us doubted I, that for a minute. I'm up to date on my space information. For sure. Uh, here's my question. What are you more likely to be diagnosed with if you were born in August? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you more likely to be diagnosed with if you were born in August when it's warm in our hemisphere? There's a lot of sun. It's summer. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I am, I, I'm impressed that you managed to list everything you know about the month of August. Right, well, that was good, right? <laughs> it's kind of not a lot out. of holiday going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard month to get through. Because it's hot and there's no holidays. <laughs> the, your kids have been on summer break enough that you really want them to go back to school. <laughs> you got to get. Uh, you're on the right track. Ah, hmm. I, I still don't think you're going to get it. Uh, but ADHD. Oh my god, you're a- you're absolutely right. Yeah, your clue gave it away. <gasps> wow. Wait, do you know why? No idea. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, this is this is really interesting. Uh, German researchers looked at a U.S. insurance database and they found that uh, and this is from this is pretty recent from 2007 to 2015. This database was uh, OK. So they found that kids were more likely to be diagnosed as having attention deficit hyperactivity disorder if they were born in August, but only if they attended a school that designated that they must be five years old by September 1st in order to enter kindergarten. So in other words, 
in those schools, August babies were the youngest in the class. So they were physically and therefore most likely mentally less mature than their classmates, leading to a possibly false diagnosis of ADHD when they were just being little kids. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a big difference. So in states with that September 1st cutoff, 85 out of 10,000 kids born in August were diagnosed with ADHD compared to 64 out of 10,000 kids born in September. Uh, so that's a difference of more than 20 kids, uh, depending on whether they were born in August or September. There was absolutely no difference in states that didn't have that sort of cutoff and no wow. difference like that between any other months of the year. And there was no difference in states with the cutoff when it came to other illnesses. The researchers looked at asthma, diabetes, obesity, and ADHD. ADHD was the only one where there was a result. So there is a thing called redshirting, which I, I don't know. Is, is that familiar to you or is that is just something parents talk about? Killing someone in Star Trek? It should be, right? But no, it's a hockey reference instead. Um, it's doing what you can to not have the kids be the youngest in class, giving right. them that little maturity and, and even size advantage. It, it comes from, I, I'm told that the term red shirt comes from uh, parents up in Canada doing this specifically so their kids will do better in hockey. And I, <laughs> that sounds so, horrible to me, but it's, it's something because it had so many uh, beneficial effects. We did it with Max. They, they were like, you could probably get her in this year. And we we're like, nope, we'll wait till next year. Uh, yeah. given the choice. And so she is not one of the younger kids in her class. And presumably that has all kinds of uh, advantages. So you're right. There, There's a lot of new research suggesting that there are more advantages in general to being older uh, in your class. The hockey thing is, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that was popularized by Malcolm Gladwell in one of his many uh mostly garbage books. And uh -huh. <laughs> like, like he normally does, he um, completely exaggerated the uh, actual data. So there are parents, mostly in Canada or in other hockey loving areas that have done this. And there has been research showing that kids born in a certain month before a certain cutoff tend to do better in their youth league uh, hockey camps and whatnot. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a January first cutoff. So kids born in uh, December then get the or Je I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, like the the older you are when you hit that January first cutoff, the better you do in hockey. However, um, Gladwell I think inflates that to mean that you know. This is the way to make pro players. But the uh, differences completely disappear as uh, people enter into the professional hockey scene. Um, it's It really only matters with them being slightly better at youth league hockey. So it's a very minor advantage if there is any advantage at all. But Maybe momentum, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it might help an otherwise unremarkable kid excel at that particular sport. Um, and, and, but yeah, there are a lot of different uh, vectors that are looked at uh, when it comes to kids in, you know, wh what age kids are when they enter into school. And yeah, there can be um, small advantages to being older that might, you know, 
when taken all together, yeah, it might be worth uh, keeping your kid uh, from going in a little too early. I, you know, I, I bristle at all of these because I am born in mid, I was born in mid October and I started kindergarten when I was four. Uh, I had to take a test. <laughs> I remember okay. um, where I had to like hop on one foot and like talk to this interviewer with the school district uh, who had to verify that I was uh, apparently mature enough to enter into kindergarten, but they let me in. And so I've been the youngest in everything my entire life. Uh, and I don't think it ever held me back. And in fact, I usually took it as a point of pride that I was always at right. the top of my class, but younger, you know, and the fact that I started college when I was 17, you know, it's such a dumb thing looking back as a 38 year old woman, <laughs> like who cares? Uh, but yeah, it was something I was, I was proud of. And I, I was glad that my parents uh, put me into kindergarten, but um, I also never had a problem, maybe because I had older brothers, I don't know, but I never had a problem interacting with kids who were older than me and making friends. And that's another uh, issue that tends to come up in these studies looking at kids and what age they enter school is that the very young kids sometimes have trouble socially interacting with their peers. Uh, and so, or they get bullied and things like that. Um, I never had that problem. And yeah, that might have- make a world of difference, I think. It, it might. Yeah. As someone who's, I'm, I'm number four or five and I have an only child. Oh, <laughs> so right. it's interesting thing to compare. Sorry, you, you were saying? I was just saying that my, you know, my brothers were three and six years older than me. And I constantly was the annoying kid sister trying to hang out with them, you know? Right. So, yeah, I I feel like maybe if I didn't have them and I had gone into school at four, I, I might have been shyer. I might have been less likely to try to make friends, you know, a little more socially inept. And maybe that would have made a, a huge negative difference in my life. I don't know. Now, you said they had looked into uh, links to diabetes, to other conditions, and found nothing. Did they yeah. look into uh, misandry at all? Oh, they did. They found that the younger you go in, the more you hate men. So There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. Boys, boys, boys and girls. Uh, yes. A lot of self-hating little boys out there entering kindergarten too soon. So. Yeah, us uh, soy boys. I mean, I feel like my misandry can probably also be traced back to my older brothers. So, right. That, well, that's why you have a double dosing of it. That's why you're doubly blessed. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this new format's great. Then what I do we like do? It, we just... Right. Right. Let's do this again. <laughs> um, are you uh, are you in good shape for the uh, upcoming Quizitron? I am actually. I had several different things that I was going to ask you but i you know like i had to go through a few things and i'm like no i want to save that for quizertron because that is too right. ridiculous you know we need we need an entire panel to weigh in on how weird this is you know so right right yeah and i think that that might be a little issue going forward with this format is me having to weigh you know whether something is too good for you alone <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're ready. You're ready for Quizitron coming up. Uh, who do we have for scientists? Uh, well, we're going to be doing a returning champions 
edition because this is our last show of the year. So we're bringing back fan favorite winners, uh, Dr. Jen Gunter, who ah. won in an episode that was not put out on the podcast. We lost that episode. So she beat Adam Savage. She did. So she's coming back to prove herself. Uh, she's such a badass. I totally love her. I'm I'm really excited that she's coming back. She really is a badass. Uh, and she's done so much since we even last had her on. Yes. She's like kicking Gwyneth Paltrow's ass up and down <laughs> the <laughs> the coast. It's it's great. So yep, she's coming back. And also uh Vicky Vasquez, our shark researcher winner. Uh. From a Another favorite. Episode. Yeah, she's hilarious. And I love what she does. To remind you all, she discovered the uh, ghost ninja weird shark. <laughs> yeah, the the glowing shark. I, I don't have the actual name in front of me. It's not actually called the ghost ninja. But it's something like that. But that's not far off from it. Yeah, it's it's she let her nephews help her name it. And they came up with something super dope, as kids will do. Yeah, so she's well, coming back. Uh who do you for have comedians. for comedians? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we wanted to have Natasha Muse. Yeah. Uh, definitely a big time fan favorite and a, and a winner. Yeah. Um, Natasha. Is she too got, good for us? Oh, well, she got a, a great opportunity. She's going to New York to be on the Two Dope Queens uh, <sighs> TV show. Okay. Yeah. We can't really compete and with that. Yeah, and so she definitely wants to come back sometime soon. I had to quickly uh, bring in a ringer. I figured if I if I couldn't bring someone who had won previously, um, I better at least get someone really darn good. Oh, so yeah? we've got Miss Miss Becky Lynn, who you know from oh, uh, I, Heathens shows. I love I've been Becky wanting to Lynn. have her on for a while. She's wonderful. She's very, very funny. Yeah, she's fantastic. Well, she'd better bring it then because she's up against returning champions. Yeah, and I told her she actually has to win. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, otherwise or, or we, the whole conceit of the show is right. Moot. Everyone there needs to be a champion except for you. Yeah, um, and then uh, our sponsor is uh, is returning. We still have our sponsor on board. Oh, good, more cheesecake. Yeah, I, I was putting a question mark at the end of that sentence. Oh. Have you talked to our sponsor? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> well, why wouldn't they be? Um, Victor over at Rochelle's Cheesecake has been crazy busy because yeah, uh, holiday season for cheesecake around Thanksgiving. Um, but he gave us uh, four mini cheesecakes, his little cheesecake sampler, yeah, as the prize for the last Quizatron, and for the first time ever, the audience won. <laughs> Yeah, so, so the audience so, got to share four cheesecakes. Everyone got to eat them. It was there was a party in the bar after the show. I mean, there always is, but this time there was cheesecake. So it was pretty wild. If yeah. you're uh, out there listening and thinking of coming in, please do because it's not just the show. But then afterwards, we do go hang out in the bar, and it's a whole bunch of fun. And Rebecca doesn't buy me a falafel. It's really great. There's you no should be a part of it to be had. Uh, right, her not buying me a falafel is like it, it's sort of become everyone's favorite. Uh, ritual of yeah. the show. And it's going to continue. gather around to watch her not buy me a falafel right. and people cheer. Yeah. They do a little countdown. It's, it's fun. <laughs> so that's going to be next week, uh, December 6th at Piano Fight in San Francisco at 7 p.m. Uh, you can find a link to tickets in the show notes uh, on this podcast. Uh, you can also keep in touch with us at, uh, at Quizotron on Twitter. You can See more shows and more information over at Quizotron.com, including a newly created list of past winners. Uh, 
So, nice. you know, I, I worked hard on that. Check it out. And uh, yeah, and then so that's that's in December. And then in January, we are going to be a part of uh, Sketchfest. Once again, we're going to be uh, I say once again, you guys wouldn't know this because we did not have a monthly show or a podcast the last three years that we've done this. But um, we have been a part of Sketchfest for quite a while now. And it's always such a blast. It's going to be on Sunday, January 13th. Um, it's going to be at the old Eureka Theater, which has a new name, the Gateway Theater. San Francisco Sketchfest is a is a huge big deal too. It's like it is. one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world. They get huge names. Uh, it's, it's super super fun and always great to be a part of it. And we are one of the huge names that they got. Right. Right. So yeah. No, they uh, have real. They have real huge names. <laughs> You can uh, buy tickets for that at sfsketchfest.com. Uh, just search for Quizzatron and you will be able to find it. Uh, but yeah, we I will see you, Keith, and hopefully you, the audience, next week uh, at Piano Fight, December 6th. I can taste that falafel now. Well, you won't taste it later. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Keith. Bye-bye.